Hey, Texas Law Enforcement. It's Blue Grit. We are back. Uh, have another great episode. Uh, have a brave uh, person that, that uh, on the show today. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about. I am too. I'm back with T.O. What did it do, Texas? Uh, so the guest we got on today, Chase Dotson, good friend of mine uh, from the East Texas area, uh, was in – how long were you in law enforcement? Uh, would have been approximately a – Five years. <clears throat> Five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase worked for a uh, sheriff's office. We're not going to name the agency. Uh, but he had a really unique situation. Uh, you were subsequently, I mean, you were arrested. You were charged. You went through the judicial process. That's correct. And so we're going to just going to talk about the uh, the critical incident. Well, not critical incident. The incident itself that took place and kind of how that process looked. You were booked into the same uh, the same jail Really, that you that you worked at. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm happy to have you on the show. And, and just Glad like Clint here. said, super, super appreciative that you were willing to do this. Uh, and I think it speaks volumes about you as a person. So, was uh, this was this your background? Kind of before we get into it, was that your first law enforcement gig, or did you have another yes. career prior to law enforcement? Or that was it? Young guy just starting off, first gig in law enforcement. Only agency, one agency, one agency. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, I went to the police academy and I was 21. So I got started as soon as I could. Yeah. Good stuff. So uh, you said it was November. What, 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 what day was it? It would have been November the 22nd or 23rd of 2018. So kind of walk us through, uh, you were working nights. I, I think was. was that was the, uh, tell us kind of how you got dispatched to the call and then what took place, uh, thereafter. So uh, we were on meal break, and so you've got four, four or five deputies. Uh, we were sitting down eating. It was two o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. It was it was early. I remember that, and we get a call out that we have a domestic dispute, uh, which, if my memory serves correct, it was signal eighteen. And uh, so a signals signals there where where you work at where you worked at was a. Signal eighteen is a disturbance, so that's just you know a common you know what they what they kind of dispatch uh, calls for service at. So, uh, go ahead. And uh, whenever dispatch was giving the call, um, we could hear screaming in the background. So you know we're in the middle of eating. You know, us brothers were sitting there eating. Call comes out, so we know it's serious. Uh, We live in a a good sized county. So uh, it took us about 15, 20 minutes to arrive at the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to the scene, uh, and there's – you've got the female, which was the victim. She was uh, in the driveway, and she was just gone. You know, she, was, she was screaming. You could tell she had been crying. Um, things – as soon as we show up, we know, okay, something has happened. Right. Something has happened. But nobody wants to tell us anything. Okay. Um, and so the the suspect or, you know, whatever you want to call him at this time. We'll just, we'll just call him suspect yeah, throughout the show. So, so, the, so the suspect in this, uh, we walk inside, and the first thing that we see is a sliding glass back door is just busted out. Okay. okay so – Obviously, violence has occurred in this house, yeah. and um, the gentleman was just very, 
very abusive with his words to everyone, to everyone. Her and her and officers on scene. Yes, uh, it it got to the point where we we were losing the scene. We were. Yeah, he he was interrupting every time. You know, we wanted to talk to him and get him to calm down. And the best way that that I can describe him is is he had a roller coaster of emotions. One minute, you know, he's He's fine. I mean, he's talking just like we are right now. And the next thing you know, he's screaming at us, yelling at us, cussing at us, you know, calling us pigs and things like that. And it just it it overall we had four deputies at the scene and um I just remember, you know, Which looking, is probably y'all's whole shift. Well, honestly. I mean yes. it was the whole shift. It was. Y'all were out there, that's how that's how bad the call it was, right? Yes. And I mean, like I said, you could hear screaming when dispatch was giving us the call. So the dispatch relays to you guys that had the, the victim in this is, is yelling on the telephone the yes. and so forth, which heightens the situation, heightens your response, and yes. kind of lays out the foundation of how you're going to act when you get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he ultimately is basically arrested. Yes. Uh, eventually I, I placed him in handcuffs. Uh, and, you know, looking back on it, and, you know, just like I told you guys before, I mean, the entire time I was yes, sir, no, sir. Put your put your hands behind your back, sir. I mean, everything I was doing, I I felt like I was I was keeping my composure and I was being as professional as professional as I could, you know, up until the point of I got him in the car, and 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 I can still remember placing him in the car because he 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 was a very tall subject, and I remember holding his head because I didn't want him to hit his head, and I said, sir, watch your head as I'm placing him in the patrol car. Yeah, you know. So the ride uh, to the jail was essentially, uh, let's just say, colorful in the sense of uh, the language. Yes. Uh, and, and as we as law, in law enforcement who have kind of gone through this, uh, that's typically when you have general conversations with folks. And it could be, you know, you could, you could make that positive impact of, man, this is kind of where you messed up at, or – you have people who are intoxicated on whether it be alcohol or substance abuse. And that's where the verbal abuse for us is kind of in that window of opportunity for them. You said he was verbally abusive and aggressive at the scene mm-hmm. to everybody. I guess when you got in the squad and checked in or out to the jail, I guess that, I guess that abuse became more it went into focused. Fifth, it went into fifth gear. Yeah. So it went into fifth gear and then became solely directed at you. That is correct. Because he was probably pissed off. He's going to jail. He was pissed. He was going yeah. going to jail. And okay, you know, like I said, it was November. Whatever. I do know it was Thanksgiving the next day. Ah, okay. So this is Thanksgiving Eve. Thanksgiving Eve. Okay. Okay. So the whole time he is just basically being verbally abusive to you towards the jail, and for those for our members that work in municipalities or our members that work in, uh, you know highly populated areas, a, a ride to the county jail in a rural setting could be, take up to 30 to 35 minutes, which is, I think is about what it took. Yes. Uh, you know, this deal. So that's a long time. I mean, you're talking, yeah. well, I mean, hell, even in Dallas, let's be honest, you're on the North side of Dallas. It could take a 35 minute ride Garland, uh, but you guys had a jail there at the city of Garland. You didn't take everybody to loose there right? No, they, they went to our jail, but yeah, but still, I mean, you could be. It, it's a yeah, it's, it's a pretty a good clip. ride, right? Yeah. So this is a thirty. You said thirty to thirty five minute ride mm-hmm. of him conti- the continuous abuse. Uh, like, what was he saying? I mean, so he he was saying things along the lines of, you know, 
once I get out of this car, I'm going to beat your fucking ass. You know, things like that. You know, just, just yeah. things that you hear on a daily basis you when you're, when you've got that badge on, mm-hmm. right? You know, this is nothing that I have not dealt with before. Yeah. You know, like this is nothing new to me at this point. Um, and, and again, he was kicking windows and, you know, trying to, he was hitting his head on the, on the cage. I mean, there was a lot of things that were going on other than just words, but mm-hmm. you know, and here you are trying to drive and it's just, it was, it's just a bad situation that mm-hmm. you got to, but, but we are, you know, uh, trained to deal with that kind of situation. Uh, so he continued this and continued it and continued it for 35 minutes. And, and uh, so what happened when he got to the jail? So uh, prior to getting getting him out of the vehicle, and uh, I will say this, on the way to the jail, the abuse and the, the, um, the behavior uh, had escalated so much that in route to the jail, I had requested assistance. Okay. Uh, I, I told dispatch, I, you know, I, Said dispatch, I, I need assistance. I need more units to meet me at the jail. Okay, uh, because you know, you know yeah. when things will go south. Right, you know, just you have that feeling that some people they just they keep on, keep on, keep on. You know, and and this was one of those situations. So I knew let's get some help in here. You know. Okay. Well, if you have help, better chance of controlling somebody and not having to. Yeah, I could de-escalate it. Single yeah. fight and somebody get hurt. You or the suspect get hurt. Mm-hmm. So you get there, you you pull him out. No, I actually didn't even put my hands on him. Uh, I opened the door, and when right. I did, um, fellow officers were, were getting him out of the vehicle at this time. Okay. Okay. And I'm standing there. Okay. And then kind of walk us through kind of what this. I mean, for a trigger second, it happened. It happened. Um, you know it. it it was so reactive and it was so quick. You know, by the time I realized what had happened, you know, it was yeah. it was already too late. And that was uh he was pulled out of the vehicle and I, I when I when I saw him, uh I, I just started swinging. They're in the Sally Port. They're in the Sally Port. I just I, I just started swinging. Okay. And I guess all the words came to the top and exploded and you just yeah, prior prior to getting him out of the vehicle, right before I unlocked the door, um, he said, I hope you boys are ready, because here it comes. Those were the words that were said. So on top of everything that had built up to this, you know, I guess in my head I was ready too. Right. You know. What was that was there a specific trigger? Was it that or was the attacks personal where, you know, he was saying personal the attacks were personal, or what? What? What do you feel like was the trigger that caused you to? I don't think that there was a trigger. It was just it was it was everything. It was the totality was, of totality of all of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it. I mean, you guys know how it is. Yeah, you know, it just it. it and I think everybody listening it, probably they can yeah. also. I mean, everyone. Every, if you're not a cop and you've never been through this, you it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. when. You're going to go through it and. This was not uh, my first time. Right. You know, it just um, – So you – I think you hit him – you punched him se- several – I'm not sure how many. Uh, yeah, I do believe it was uh, It was right at nine times is what they count. Eight or nine yeah. times is what they counted. And, and he was he, he was handcuffed. He was. He and, was handcuffed. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to talk about because uh, 
being as I was the one doing it. But uh, after I think the fourth or fifth punch, he was unconscious. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So it was um, after the fifth strike, I believe. Um, but I just you know, kept going. Yeah. Do you consciously remember? Do you do you do you consciously remember that happening, or is it after it was over? You're like. Oh shit! Video. Yeah. Oh shit! I just snapped, and yeah. I, I, I just snapped. Or do you remember it being a conscious? No, no, no. I'm I, about to start throwing my fists, and not at all. Uh, whenever it was over, when it was done, and I'm, I mean, seconds afterwards, um, I remember seeing in the in the one of the in car videos that was pointed into the Sally Port was focused on me. I, I was right in front of it. And at one point, I mean, I just, I dropped my head. You know, I knew that was it. I knew it. There's, yeah, that's what I was going to walk into or next is, is kind of, you know, how soon thereafter did you realize? Because just like Clint said, you may not have realized it right then, but I think looking back on it, watching body cam mm-hmm. probably. And so at what point did you go, oh, uh, well, I think number one, me knowing you as a person for as long as I have, I, I think you probably immediately knew that you had messed up. Um, but at what point later on did you, did, did you know it was going to essentially end your career? I knew once we got to the hospital, I knew once, uh, cause after it, the incident had happened and, you know, we took him into the jail. Um, my memory serves correct. Somebody else took him to the hospital. I yeah. think the jail would not accept him at that point. You know, they looked at the severity of everything and they yeah. said, Hey man, we we cannot accept this guy. You know, you you're you're gonna have to take him. And then someone stepped in and said, "Well, it's not gonna be him. Yeah, let's let another officer take him." Sure. But you know, at that time, uh, I had to go to the hospital too. I did not sustain any injuries, but uh, from hitting him, my hand was extremely swollen and I could not feel it. And keep in mind, it was you know twenty degrees outside. So I did not know if my hand was broke or not. So once I was told he was going to the hospital, I informed my supervisor, I said, I got to go too. And he looked at my hand. He said, yeah, you do. And uh, as I'm going into the hospital, I remember looking to my right and seeing the suspect at this point, victim, you know, because that's what he was. Um, I saw the victim, and that is when I knew I'm done. Yeah. It, it – you know, once and again, dude, I can't, I cannot, I'm not praising for your actions that day. You're not praising your actions, no. that, but, but for you to get on here and identify, Hey, I, Hey, listen, I made a mistake and, and this is kind of how the process worked out for me. Uh, you know, I think Brian flat says it back. I, I think he says something along the lines of, uh, I may be hurt, but I'm not broken. And I think you're the bounce back of, Hey, listen, it, this is what I've done wrong. And this is how I'm going to bounce back. Yeah. And, make, and, and, and how TMPA helped you through the process is kind of why, what the yeah. this episode's about. Yeah, yeah, and before we steer off of that, um, you know, the peer intervention has become a, a, a big thing in police agencies and training officers to identify, you know, hey, Tyler's, Tyler's starting to get pissed. I need to step in. And um, that hadn't been around long at all. I mean, it's extremely new and law enforcement is a very alpha oriented profession. Do you think it would have helped 
then if people had tried to stop you or tackled you or were you in such a state that you would have probably fought through? Do you think the new peer? No, no, not at all. Um, you know, again, even with me not knowing what I was doing until it was after, there there was no stopping me. There wasn't. And, I, and, I, and honestly, I think that's why no one did stop me because there was four deputies standing there, but there was also about three or four jailers. But the reality is, is that it, it and Clint, you, you, you and I can watch the video afterwards, and, and it happened so quick. So quick. Uh, I don't think there would have been a chance, really, for anybody to jump in. And, and I'm not. Well, no, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I just mean overall. Yeah. Certainly yeah. not a judgment for them. Um, but just the, the new peer, the new peer intervention in the yep. legislature is tasking, um, you know, the mandatory intervention. But it's an interesting concept as law enforcement evolves because there's so many factors that play into that. You have a 20 year veteran and you have a six month rookie. Is the six month rookie going to tell a 20 year veteran? You know, you're out of line. You better calm down. You yep. better back off. You better let go. In your instance, you know, it, I'm guessing it happened in seconds. Is there wasn't even time, right? You spun out like a tornado. And yeah, as soon as as soon as they brought him out of the car, and again, this is just me going back on watching me on a body cam or watching me on that in car video, because again, I. I it happened so quick, I cannot remember it. Only just by what I know watching on a video. When I got him out of the car, those punches that I threw, the nine punches, eight punches I threw was less than two seconds. That's wow. how quick it was. So there wasn't even time for somebody to intervene? or No. It, it happened, again, it happened so quick. I, and I do remember, again, in the in-car video, the the jailers and the deputies that were in there were standing with their mouths open, their eyes wide, and there it was shocked to them, like, what just happened? Yeah. Like, well, how did we get here? You know, and um, that'll be something always burned into my head, you know. Yeah, I can all, imagine, all man. And in my 20s, my temper was hot, and it can take years, decades in my case, um, to work on self-evaluating Managing emotion and um, how you react to certain things and temper. And I can remember my early 20s, incidents like that. And then I realize something just happened and I don't really recall. And I'm not saying police related, but be out in public somewhere and somebody shoves you or, you know, does something and, and you react and don't realize it. And it's taken till I'm an old fat dude to really continue to work on how you react. And again, not a defense to what occurred and, and you're certainly not doing that, but everybody get into the profession has to be diligent of that and has to uh, be evolved. And we're always going to come across that one guy that's been in and out of the penitentiary their whole life and they know what buttons to push. Yeah. They and, know, they, they know exactly what to say. Yep. Yep, you start talking about somebody's family or start getting really personal and you're going to find a button that you may not want to have pushed and right. uh it doesn't justify the conduct but it's a difficult it's difficult to navigate. So you walk you walk through there you see the 
I mean, and that's a great thing to say yeah. at this point, the victim, yes, uh, absolutely. The, the arrestee, uh, and you immediately know, Hey, this is kind of it. And at what point did you, did, did you contact TMPA and just kind of how that process worked and what, how, how, how long was it before you were officially charged and what you were charged with and, and so forth. Do you mind if I go back a couple of years and say one thing? Yeah. So it would have been 2014 or 2015. Uh, I was approached uh, by a fellow officer, mm-hmm. and you know he just come up to me and said, "Hey, man, do you have TMPA?" And I said, "What is that?" Yeah. You know, and he said, "This is what it is." And I said, "Okay." And not even an hour later, I'm in my patrol car and I'm signed up. Okay. okay. So now let's go. Let's go to that that night. I knew once I saw him, I knew once I saw him, and I knew, okay, I, I need to pull that card out of my wallet. I was given a card, said, you know, if you have an emergency, call this number. And that's what I did. Um, first time I did it, and within two minutes, I got a call back. I mean, it was immediate. It was immediate. Um I know that I spoke with you yeah. that night, um, and you said, you know, Chase, just hang tight, man, and I'll, I'll have somebody call you. And um, in less than five hours, I'm looking at my attorney. Wow. That's how that played out. And and he drove over an hour to get there. Yeah. But we're talking about in the middle of the night. That's how quick it all happened. And this wasn't even a critical instance. I mean, this is not a officer involved shooting. This mm-hmm. is not, you know, an officer. But that, I think that, I think your attorney, which was Butch Dunbar, if I'm not but, mistaken, Butch Dunbar, he's out of uh, Texarkana. He uh, prior police officer, yeah. prior police yeah. officer, DPD. Shout um, out Butch Dunbar. And so, it shows when we, as field reps, uh, or even our general counsel, Brandy DeBrava. Uh, or any any staff or TMPA for that matter, when we recognize, you know, good attorneys that we think will 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 be a huge asset to our members, and that's that's the reality here is because it's about you guys and it's about the membership and it's about our legal plan. And when we when we see those kind of people, it, it it's it's up to us to kind of push those through. And, and Butch is the perfect mold, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, just like a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Harrison County District Attorney come down, uh, and we spoke with him, and he's an ex cop, uh, you know, and and. When you're a cop and you're now an attorney, it, it just it just blends well. Uh, Lance White out of Dallas, you know, he yep. was a former uh, was a Dallas cop. Uh, Lance was Dallas. Butch was Dallas. John Schneider was Pasadena and Irving. Yep. So yeah, I mean it it, it does it does meet uh, kind of a certain criteria, and when they and when you find those, it's good. So so you kind of let Butch know what's going on. Uh, and then at what point, How when were you charged and how long that took place? And So um, it would have been about two days after the incident. You know, of course, I was told, you know, hey, as of right now, you are suspended uh, without pay. Knew that was coming. Um, and, you know, that was the, the days of, of, of getting with Butch and, and getting a game plan. And, you know, it was the next week it would have been a week later is when i was told you know hey it's probably best you go ahead and put your two weeks in you know go ahead and get that out of the way um and this is all under his counsel you know this is i can't stress how much um how much help 
TMPA was because if it wasn't for TMPA, I would not have known what to do, where to start, where to uh, – I would have been clueless. You know, when 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 I was given the – the um, when I got my, my packet in the mail with all my TMPA things after becoming a member, I never knew – I never thought one day I'm going to pull this card out of my wallet. Yeah, and it'd be the – possibly be one of the worst days of your life or worst days of your career. You know, you just don't, you don't know it. Yeah. Well, so how, how, how long did it take for you to be officially charged, uh, indicted and arrested and so forth? Uh, so I would have been, they, I interviewed with the Texas Rangers. It would have been, uh, December 13th, 14th, 15th, somewhere in there interviewed with him and then in May, May, so what, six months later, five months later, is when I got the call. and uh, That you were indicted? I got a call that I was indicted and that uh, a warrant would be issued for my arrest. Wow. What kind of phone call is that to get? How, how do you process that? Uh, that's an emotion I can't describe because, yeah, you know, yeah, tough. Did you, did you go to the uh, – where you worked at, where you – I was – I was, Did you book, get booked into the same – I was booked into the same jail where I had put in – you know, I had I had placed people that needed to be in jail. Now, here I am in that same jail. Wow. In oh. fact, I was booked in by a guy that uh, I helped train. Oh, wow. and the whole time he was booking me and he was crying. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. The emotion – uh, I guess you work with your attorney. Hey, I need to go turn myself in, or your attorney yeah. calls and says, "Hey, you got dotted. We need to figure out where to turn you in." Or yeah, what's crazy is, uh, you know, I I had such a close relationship with my boss at that time, and uh, he gave me the phone call. So I actually got the phone call before my attorney did, and so I actually had to call my attorney and say, "Hey, I just got the news," and he said, "Wow." Yeah. He said, "Okay." And the the initial charge was official oppression. Uh, that is what I was charged with in May, May seventeenth of two thousand and nineteen. And you know, keep in mind as we're approaching the, the a year after the incident, um, I get another phone call, and. You know, here I am thinking, okay, this is a court date because at this at this point, I do believe I'd already had my preliminary hearing. I'd already been in front of the judge once at this point. I, just, I can't remember what it's for. And I thought when my phone rang and it said Butch Dunbar, I said, okay, well, he's calling me to tell me some, you know, hopefully some good news because at this point, I'm a year has gone by. Um, I've got a family, and you know, I'm in. I I can't get a job. Uh, because you can't, you can't move forward with your life. Because there's absolutely nothing I can do. So a year has gone by, and I get a phone call. And of course, I'm starting to get a, a little excited because I'm thinking, okay, the good end, news, the end is near. Yep. And Butch says, Chase, uh, are you sitting down? And I said, I can be. He says, Well, you're going to need to. I said, Okay. And he says, I don't know what has happened, but apparently a special prosecutor has taken over this case, and now they have indicted you for aggravated assault by a public servant caused serious bodily injury. And um, 
That was tough. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, did you have to get rearrested? I did. Again. 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 And, and uh, there were some more charges added, too. Um, after that? After that, there was more charges added. And not sure why they were, but they were. So I was now looking at two felonies, which, you know, you had my sec- the second degree or first degree, and then you had your uh, third degree or state jail felony, which was going to be the tampering with evidence, which was it uh, dismissed by the judge. No evidence in that whatsoever. Um, and still official oppression. So I was, I got two additional charges on top of what I was already charged with. And I said, okay, Butch, well, what does this mean? And he said, can you meet me at the jail in an hour? And it was December the 16th, a week before Christmas. And then a month later, I get even worse news. Now COVID has hit and court systems are shut down. So for three years, I sat. Waiting. No job. Nothing. So indicted with no trial date, essentially. Is that right? Nothing. My, the trial date got moved. I mean, this might seem like an exaggerated number 20 times. So you were indicted out on bond mm-hmm. with no trial date? With no trial date. Unemployed? Unemployed. Three kids. Wow. <clears throat> and um, can't sit here and say it was easy. Yeah, I can imagine. Did you um, – what were you fa- – so you you were essentially there upcharged the situation, but what what were you facing with the official oppression? Facing as far as uh, – Like the, the sentencing. Uh, up to a year in jail. Up to a year, and now and we now – I'm, Now I'm looking at 5 to 99. 5 to 99. 5 to 99. Um, and so we – COVID hits mm-hmm. – you know, we have to go through. I think everybody went through that, yeah. obviously. Uh, well, and I and I know I was not the only thing. one that got put on hold. I'm just right. No, was, I I completely yeah. understand. It was it was it was a different situation for you yeah. because you can't move forward with with your employment. Uh, obviously, in a, in a different area. When I mean, you have to get this behind you in order for you, for you to move forward, you don't know if you're going to be able to you know uh, get a job again. Uh, we know it's not going to be in law enforcement. So, how long there thereafter was the trial, and um, how did you know, Butch do in that, and obviously he did pretty good because you're sitting next to me. You're not, you're not in TDC. Yeah, uh, and kind of what that process looked like. Um, so you want to begin at uh, kind of when trial started? Yeah, like how? How? So you said it was three years until until you went to trial. Uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of again the trial date was moved so many times that there was no excuse for for me or Butch not to be prepared. Yeah. Because there was so much time in between. But I will say this. The amount of work I had to do to prepare for this was minimal. Yeah. Trial by judge or trial by jury? By jury. By jury. Uh, we had requested by judge, and we were not. And so the jury carried it out. And we were, you know, it was... It was tough, you know, sitting there listening to 
the statements and the witnesses and the experts and watching that video over and over and over again and watching the faces on those jury members while they're watching your video. And that was tough. And, you know, it was tough because I think, I think, and this is just me generalizing it, but I think for obviously for the most part, I mean, the state of Texas and that agency provided you with a gun and badge Mm -hmm. for four to five years. Right. And you were, uh, you know, in charge of people's safety and in charge of, of enforcing the law. And I think that just like we do with other situations, I think that they were essentially, you know, giving judgment for two minutes of an absolute horrible decision that you snapped and, and now you you have to stand trial for, which I'm not again. Two, two seconds, you said it. Those punches took two seconds, and yeah, two seconds of a five year career. Yeah, yeah, is based on and and again, for the viewers, not justifying what occurred. Absolutely not, not at all. But yeah. we want everybody to. Chase is brave enough to come on and talk about his failures, and I'm the world's worst at being able to admit when I screwed up or when I'm wrong. So, yeah. um, this is about viewers and, and new folks in law enforcement getting to understand what happens rather than just hearing about it on CNN or mm. an article you read in the paper, you're getting to hear it, how it happened, what it looks like, the good, the bad, the ugly, and uh, not justifying what occurred, right. but but what happens, what's real, what happens in uh, one person's experience and, and how they come out the other side from it. Yeah. So uh, they – go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, you, you – especially being – a young law enforcement officer, you, you, you go home, we have social media and and you see the, the things that are going on out there that, you know, cops are doing and, you know, they're getting bashed for it. And you never think that'll be me one day. Never crosses your mind. Yeah. Cause you got, you got blasted pretty good in the media, yeah. uh, I mean, social you, media. You, you never expect it. And so, you know, you well, got I'm to, sure nobody plans to do it. That's why you always no. think <laughs> yes. it'll never be me. Cause right. well, you nobody think, plans you, to you, snap. You think, you know, well, I would never do that. You, you think that you think that that's something I would never do. And, and like you said earlier, you know, you take, you take what I did in those five years, which, you know, five years in law enforcement, there's a lot can happen, yeah. you know, and, all the good that I did in those five years is gone, just like that. You know, yeah, it's just it's crazy. And that that's decisions law enforcement makes mm-hmm. every single day that we're judged on is yeah. a split second decision, good or bad, has to be made in split seconds that potentially pay will pay for it their professionally the rest of our career or lose our life if if we make the wrong decision. Yeah. And I'm not saying yours was a critical incident. Yeah. But there's split-second decisions that are made every day, either out of fear or emotion, that have to be made. And uh, sometimes they go sideways. So trial comes up. You still had Butch. Still uh, had Butch. Butch did a phenomenal job uh, in the trial. And, uh, and and that's where I was going with that. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm, I'm going back to what you I asked me earlier. I cut him off all the time. Just cut him off. <laughs> you, you, you asked me, you know, how was Butch and all that, and that's why I was telling you about the juries, you know. That the 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 anguish, the mental anguish, I you know that the the it there were so many emotions that I was feeling. There was sadness, there was anger, there was you know it's just and the whole time I've got Butch right there beside me. It's gonna be all right. You Being know, your rock, yeah. He kept me. Um, 
he kept a smile on his face the whole time, and he just kept telling me, you know, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. And, uh, you know, you know, I wasn't listening to him. Be honest, right? I said, you know, well, who the hell would? You, you don't know what I'm going. You're facing you know? five to ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and you know, but the whole time he just he just kept it positive, and and he kept saying, he said, "Hey, man, I've got you, I've got you, I've got you," and and he meant it. And what 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 did, at the end of the trial you got? I think sentenced to was it sixty days, ninety days, ninety days county jail. Yeah. So they so at the end, uh, obviously, uh, they found me not guilty. Of of the uh, felony, and then they dismissed the tampering with evidence charge. So, so again, they so are, the judge had, dismissed the tampering. Yes, the, the judge, jury found you not guilty of the felony. Yes, and the jury found you guilty of official oppression. No, I the 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 moment that trial started, I, I pled guilty. I pled guilty to the official oppression. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know it's it's again he was the victim, and you know. There's no fighting that. And, you know, you, you you can either fight what you know you did wrong or you just admit, like, hey, man, I messed up. You know, I I, I own up to what I did, and that's exactly what I did. And it, yeah. and it was – and that was actually a decision that, you know, Butch looked out for me in my best interest on every decision that we made together. And every time he asked me a question, and there were a million questions, and I would give him my answer – and then Butch would always tell me, that's a great answer, but I've got a better one. And it was just, it was the guidance, it was the counseling that he did. And and that's why I'm saying, like, the amount of effort that he put into it and how he helped me in, in that in that whole the three years of the three years of hell that I put myself in without TMPA, without Butch, I would not be talking to y'all right now. I promise you that. So so we're clear. You said it was a trial by jury, and then you just said you pled guilty. Mm-hmm. So you pled guilty to one the, charge? The official oppression. Yeah. Okay. And it, then went to trial on the others? No, it was all – we all ran together. Okay. We, they, they, we did all three charges at the same time. But before the trial started, we pled guilty to official oppression, and so then it was mainly we're going after the tampering, which, again, got dismissed because no – during the trial, no evidence was even brought up about the tampering. And then, you know, once Butch said something to the judge, he said, you know, judge, he said – we, we've got this charge of tampering, and yeah, I'm not sure where. And and he said, and, and prosecution has not even brought it up, and and you know, the judge said, you're absolutely right. I, you know, and he dismissed it. It was pretty quick. Yeah. And then once they read me the, or once they said that we found you guilty, um, uh, or we found you not guilty, that is whenever they dismissed and uh, said we'll come back later for the sentencing part of the official. And uh, the goal, the 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 objective was for me to never get on the stand from day one. Uh, you know, Butch Butch told me something. I, I want to say it was the first day we met, which is the next day after the inc- same day as the in- incident. You know, he told me he said nothing ever comes good from the officer getting on the stand ever. Which would, which would have been Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Essentially, is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and Butch left his family on Thanksgiving to, to come deal with me. Yeah. So, sentencing done by judge or jury? Did jury decide your The jury did. The jury did. And so, jury selected 90 days? Yeah, they took into uh, consideration uh, the fact that for three years, 
you know, and I'm not saying that I was in jail, but it felt like it. Yeah. It felt like it because keep in mind, I media blasted. I couldn't go anywhere. I, I could not go anywhere and show my face in this town without hanging my head, you know, and it's not because I didn't have the, the guts. It wasn't that. It was just, you know, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed of what I did. You know, I, I let a lot of people down, a lot of people. That says a lot about your character that you felt that way rather than, oh, you know what? Screw those people. Right, I didn't yeah. do nothing wrong. Yeah. yeah. Or he provoked me to do it, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and not taking anything away from the victim, the guy that was the suspect, now the victim, but to have been a good guy, to have been a cop, to have been on the right side of justice and then spend three years during COVID with 99 years dangling over your head wondering, uh, that would that would have consumed me. That would have consumed me. Yeah, so it was um, it was it was a very dark time. I'll say that. And uh, uh, only a few people know this, but yeah, I mean, I, I it's several times suicide crossed my mind. It did. You know, I, I I don't think any any human would probably have had those same thoughts. You know, because at that point, you just you you feel like. This is it. Yeah, and what's a cop gonna? How's a cop gonna survive for ninety nine oh, yeah. years in TDC? <clears throat> TDC, you, you know, probably it, don't. It's, it's it's probably one of the most nerve wracking things. I mean, you'll. I hope no one ever has to go through. You know, it's 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 horrible. Yeah, because you really can't at this point. So at this point, you 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 can't lean on your law enforcement family because you you probably feel blackballed. Yeah, um, that you're even speak with. You can't be seen with them because you're out on bond. You worked for a sheriff's office and the political dynamics of that. Those that work at sheriff's offices can completely understand. Um, so yeah, I can I can only imagine really what you you yeah, were going through. A lot of the a lot of the you know, and I and I do still still consider them brothers, but uh, you know, a lot of the brothers that I had, um, you know, still this day I hadn't talked to them. You know? Yeah, and it's it's not that, and I don't think it has anything to do with you know they don't want to talk to me, and of course you know I'd love to talk to them. It's just you know, they had to distance themselves. And and that's something that I had to understand. Yeah. Because at first, you know, you feel, you know, a little bit of not necessarily betrayal, but you feel like, you know, we had a bond better than this. And, and, and you know, obviously I feel like we, now we don't. Yeah. And, and some of it may be, I've heard people say before, after you lose a loved one, people are like, yeah, I just kind of avoided you because I wasn't sure what to say or I didn't want it to be awkward <laughs> yeah. or I didn't want to say something stupid. Right. And so – some of it may not have been intentional, but just yeah. be like, "Hey, so what you been up to?" or "How's your trial going, bro?" or yeah, uh, not knowing w- what what to say. Yeah, it was it was, and you know, and I and a lot of those guys I I have talked to, I've reached out to, and you know, be, seeing as how I was booked into the jail, uh, you know, I was able to see some of those guys. Yeah, and uh, I was able to hang my, I was able to hold my head high. I was because, you know, at this point, you know, it was over. It was over. And I knew I had 90 days. Close that chapter. And I just move on, you know, and well, live and you learn. Chase, I can't, again, uh, this takes a lot for you to come in and do this. It takes a lot for you to say, hey, you know, I messed up. And, and uh, you know, speaking of the mental health side of, of it, the uh, it's just, it's a remarkable story. Uh, You're braver it, than I am, bro. It, it, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and it, it's neat to hear 
you know, we as field reps, when we assign these cases sometimes, uh, you know, Clint's up in North Texas. You know, I'm in East Texas, but I may speak with somebody in uh, at Westlaco or at San Antonio. So you don't have those constant relationships. You know, I, I am in your area, and so we don't see the full process. And so it's really neat uh, hearing just really how, number one, how good of attorneys we got. Butch Dunbar is a phenomenal person, uh, and he, he does good work. The best, uh, yeah. And but he's a good guy. But we've got he's a good yes, man. But we've got forty Bush Dunbar's across the state, mm-hmm. and I think that's the main message that that we want to push. Yep. We 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 at TMPA certainly aren't promoting bad behavior, uh, but when you do have mess ups, and you do make mistakes uh, along your career, uh, you know you're also owed due process, and you're also owed that ability uh, to kind of go through that 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 process. So, uh, Chase. What's the next chapter? Um, the t- let's not end this on a bad note. <laughs> let's yeah. end this on a positive note. So what, what is – before, before we move into the closing chapter, what would 32-year-old Chase say to 28-year-old Chase working deep nights? What would 32-year-old Chase now that knows – or to yeah. – what would 32-year-old Chase say to 22-year-old young person getting into the profession now that – that you see from your perspective? I'll, I'll say this. Um, when I was in law enforcement, I cannot tell you a time that I, that I prayed. And, uh, I would say just pray more, pray more because, you know, it was, it was, it was a very, it was, it was a dark time. And, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm I'm not necessarily going to say that, that, you know, I wasn't religious or anything, but like, I just, I was a very one man show, you know, and, you know, there were so many things that, that I thought that I could handle alone, which was, you know, the exact opposite. And, you know, and again, I'm not trying to make this religious, but, you know, I just, I didn't have God in my life. I didn't. And so maybe be a bit more centered and not self-centered. Not saying you were self-centered, but no, I was. And I'll, I'll admit that being a bit Absolutely. more centered and grounded, and yeah, being—I mean, being a cop, guys. I mean, we're it, arrogant. What cop isn't arrogant? Almost all cops are arrogant, right? It's just our our. Yeah, I think I don't want to say ar- some, arrogant. Well, some some strong may, personality, strong personality, yeah, strong personality. It could be perceived as arrogant sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean. uh you know, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, well, and there's a lot of authority into a young 21, oh, yeah. 22 year old. Yeah. And responsibility. Yes. There's a lot of authority, responsibility that I I can go out and yeah. take somebody's freedom away. And um, sometimes, depending on maturity and age and life experience, that's a big responsibility for somebody to throw on their back and, yeah. and how they manage. Yeah. How they manage that. Yeah. So what's the next chapter? Uh, this week or this this week or next week, I'll be graduating from a barber academy. Cool, yeah, nice. Cut, cutting hair, yeah, cutting hair. I, I well, don't say it business. like that. You got to have some spazz to it. I mean, you're starting a new career, and and that's yeah. you know for you to uh, have have been through so so yeah. much, and then to you know start a new career field, mm-hmm. uh, and then come on a show like this mm-hmm. amongst other cops and mm-hmm. and talk about it. Um, I admire the hell out of that man. I'm too, telling man. you, we talk about being centered and, and mature, and 
I don't think I, I can't screw up when I run over a curb and I can't admit, <laughs> yeah. I can't admit when yeah. I do something wrong. I, I'm, I commend you for letting others hear and hopefully consider, learn, reflect. Uh, if you're one of those persons prone to spinning up or blacking out or getting so pissed that you can rage and getting so uh, pissed, you don't know what you're doing. Yep. And we, we talk about mental health a bunch yeah. on the podcast. And one of the things, there was a time uh, when I was on Deep Nights, things weren't good at the department. We were shorthanded. It was busy. I was only my whole life focused around being a cop. I was so caught up in the profession. I had no friends outside the department. I had no hobby outside the department my entire life. And my stress was so high which then causes your anger and temper and emotions and you run hot call to hot call. There's the potential there on every call for somebody to explode. And oh, yeah. the mental health industry of this, we talked on a, a podcast with a DA we had on a couple episodes ago about have friends outside law enforcement, mm -hmm. have hobbies outside law Absolutely. enforcement, find a church home, find, um, a group of people to be involved with that make you a better person. Yeah. yeah. Not you, just consumed in the, in being a cop. And that, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like it, it is so easy to be consumed by law enforcement. It is. Yeah, it is. It's a fun career field. Uh, it's, it's a rewarding fun. career field and, and it, it's fun. got pros and cons, but it's easy. All right, man. Well, this about wraps it up. Okay. We got a couple of quick questions where we, we, we always ask all of our guests. Okay. Uh, it's three questions. Okay. Best Cop movie or cop movie line, right? Line from a cop movie. Line from a cop, and why? Oh, uh, so I'm gonna have to go with The Departed on this. I'm it's a, a good show. I'm, I'm a huge. That's a good one. I'm That's a huge a good Departed one. guy. I like it. I like Martin Scorsese. So best police vehicle and why? Crown Vic. There you go. <laughs> Everybody on here. I knew Tyler was gonna love. There we go. The Crown Vic. <laughs> and what's yeah. the best whiskey? Oh, let's go with some Maker's Mark. Good one, too. That's been a common answer on the show. It's a real good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, brother, again, I can't, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, it's been a pleasure and it's, it's good hearing these kind of stories. Um, so appreciate it. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me. You guys stay safe. Uh, it's near Christmas. So, uh, sadly that it heightens the, uh, uh, the safety risk out there. Uh, I'm Tyler Owen, your host. Clint McNear, appreciate you guys serving. As always, God bless you, and may God bless Texas. Mm -hmm.